the Master Tavern Keeper's History of the Old World. Please tell us, what was it the Skink Interpreter, Winnie Pertutli and Marco Colombo discussed on the beach? And what was in the tall baskets that the uh, Pterodon riders had left behind? Ah, yeah, yeah, of course. With the departure of the Lizardmen, the monsoon lanes had uh, begun to pour down from the sky in earnest, and everyone ran for shelter. All except Marco, my grandpapa, and uh, his most trusted men. Marco had everyone drag the baskets left by the skinks to the locked hut, where they kept their treasure and other important supplies. Here. They were set down next to the pearls they had received after taking down the Lupine Chaos Champion, Vegir the Sacrificer. Marco then dismissed the other men, but uh, asked my grandpapa to remain. The hut was now very full. In addition to the three flat baskets of treasure whose contents they had seen earlier, there were also now nine tall baskets whose insides were a mystery. Please, go ahead, open them. My grandpapa pulled off the lid of the uh, nearest basket. It was filled to the brim with pearls. He looked at Marco, one eyebrow raised. Carry on, open them, open them all. My grandpapa did as he was bade. The next four baskets were likewise filled with large pearls put. On opening the fifth, my grandpapa found it contained many large gourds of spices and a good number of smaller gourds containing potions. They seemed very familiar. My grandpapa held up a pair for Marco. Yes, Frederick, you do recognize them. Those are the gourds we were given by the lizard men after agreeing to be their attack dogs. They are the gourds that were stolen by the deserter Giovanni. That uh, no good son of a rat catcher, Giacomo Gionotti of Maragliano. My grandpapa was taken aback. Go ahead. Open the rest. My grandpapa whipped off the remaining three lids. In one he found the Italian gold coins that Giovanni had taken from the stolen pay chest. In another lay the looted treasures from the dark elf doom leaver they had defeated, and the last basket contained the bags of gunpowder that the mutineers had taken. Come, Frederick. Let us get back to our wine and I will explain everything. 
The two darted out of the treasure hut and dashed through the pouring rain to get back to Marco's tent in the centre of the encampment. Here, they cracked open one of the gourds of cactus vines that they had just received from the skink interpreter and continued drinking. So, Winnie Pachutli told me that the mutineers had turned up in the north and near the ruined city of Pahuax. Presumably, they were trying to plunder the ancient city. But uh, they were not uh, successful. The skink said that a skink patrol from the nearby city of Hexowatl discovered the thieves and that each was either killed as they tried to escape or they were captured and taken back to the city. Those they took back to the temple city were all sacrificed to Sotek. A fitting end for the traitors, eh? My grandpapa nodded silently. Skin colliders on Teradons then flew out to the two ships that were anchored just off of the coast. They apparently killed the sailors that had been left to guard the boats and boarded the vessels. In the ship's holds, they found and took the treasures that Giovanni and the Tanakots had stolen. Winnie Pachutli did not know what happened to the boats themselves, though. The gods of spices bore the cliff of Telash upon them, and the Slan major priest of Hexoatl, Aslan the interpreter referred to as Amazda Mundi, ordered his skinks to send all of the treasures down south to Telash, and from there, Winnie Patrutli returned them to us. I guess uh, this is a form of revenge. I had wished to kill Giovanni myself, but uh, this turn of events is far more satisfying. My grandpapa once again silently nodded. He was thinking of his own men who had accompanied the mutinous Giovanni. Many had been good men, good men who had simply wanted to go home, hearkened to the lies of a deceitful man, and believed them. He held up his glass and quietly toasted their memory. Marco did not notice. He was lost in his own thoughts. And so that is the good news. Now on to the bad. If we are not careful, Giovanni will not be the last Tillian to spill his blood upon the altars of Sotek. The lizard men mean to sacrifice us as well. 
Winnie Pajutali told me that in two weeks the whole city of Talash will be celebrating the coming of Sotek with a three-day festival that culminates in a ritual to offer thanks to their serpent god. He invited us all to attend this final day. I think it is obvious that we are to be part of the offerings. With our depleted numbers, we are now vulnerable to being overwhelmed and captured. It is just as the Dark Elf warned us. I think this is the reason they have invited everyone to attend. Up until this point, I was the only one allowed to go to the city. My grandpapa once again nodded in agreement. We are rich enough. It is a time we are left. How goes the repairs? My grandpapa went on to explain that the boat would be finished and ready to set sail in about a week, although he foresaw that the, uh, the monsoon rains would potentially slow things down. He also had concerns with regards the accompanying winds. They were blowing in a southwesterly direction, which would make navigating away from the island of Tonda, past the mainland, and into the open waters of the great ocean more difficult. It was now Marco's turn to nod thoughtfully. Such things are in the lap of the gods. Get the boat ready and let us put our trust in the hands of Mermidia. And this is exactly what my grandpapa did. As he had anticipated, the heavy rain and stormy weather slowed down the repairs. It was, however, fortunate that he had dry-docked the vessel, or he would never have been able to finish it in time. As it was, the boat hit the waters of the harbour on the second day of the festival of Sotek. Mermidia also played her part. And the very same morning that the old Pintolaga returned to the sea, the winds changed and began blowing to the northeast. This was the moment. The ship was loaded up with everything that they needed, from fresh water and rations to the massive pile of treasures. It was finally time to leave. Marco addressed the survivors upon the deck of the boat. It is a time, it is time to go home. I think of the words of the poet laureate of a Norderland, Vols Boltzmann, can sum up my feelings better than I ever could. O oh, sailors, O oh, friends, our fearful trip is done. Our ship has weathered foe and woe, and the prize we assault is a one. 
Our home is still so far, but our vessel is grim with purpose. Our steady keel, our guiding star, no demon can reverse us. So let us start, start, start. All the anchor unfurl the sails. To yonder horizon look hard and sharp. To our home, let's take these tales. And for that, Marco and his men hold anchor and set sail. The next day, the skinks on their flying creatures found naught but an empty, abandoned encampment when they came to uh, round up the Tylians. Marco and his men had escaped the clutches of the lizard men, but they were not home yet, and the shores of Lustria threw up one last obstacle for Marco and his crew as their ship passed near the vampire coast.